2 Timothy chapter 4, starting verse number 1. Paul says, I charge thee, therefore, before God in the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Repro- reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to open your word once again. And we're privileged that thousands of years after this has been compiled that we're still holding it in our hands. And it's nothing but a miracle. And as we open your word tonight, we do it delicately and reverence, uh, with reverence because we know it's a serious task. And as we look at these three to six verses tonight that we went over, uh, that we would do so with care, that would touch our hearts, may it uh, push us and strive us uh, to, be, to be a better church to be a better people. In Jesus' name, amen. When we come to this passage here, most of you are familiar, Sunday night crowd, of course, most of you are familiar with uh, the book and the events surrounding it. But if you're not familiar, that Paul the Apostle is sitting in a Roman prison cell, um, believe at the hands of Nero, and his life is going to end soon. I believe he died in 67 AD, roughly, and his departure, as, he, as we read there in verse 6, is at hand. And he writes this charge to a young preacher. I'm not exactly sure how old Timothy was. Uh, most people say maybe in his 30s or something like that, early 20s, early 30s. But he had proved himself to be faithful, and he was in charge of a ministry at Ephesus. And as part of his parting words to Timothy, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he writes this charge to him about his ministry. And what I see in these verses are characteristics, Pastor Bill mentioned characteristics this morning of a New Testament church, and this no doubt goes pretty much right along with that. And many churches today don't have these characteristics. It would do them well and serve them well to go through 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm confident that Gospel Baptist Church has these qualities. So tonight, don't think for a moment I'm preaching at Gospel Baptist Church. I'm preaching pretty much in general. And also preaching that Gospel Baptist Church stays this way. Because God forbid the great thing that we have here, and it's only great because God's in it, and God's people put their hands together. But God forbid the great work that is here is no more a few years from now. How does that happen? Getting off of this charge that Paul gives Timothy here. It's a sobering thing. It's a serious thing. We didn't come here tonight. I hope you didn't. I didn't come here tonight to play church. Did you? No. I came here because this is serious business. Not only because I have to preach, but also because I came here because my soul needs what is being presented from myself, from Pastor Bill, from Paul Chilson last week. I need what the church and what the Word of God, through the preaching of the Word of God, has to offer. So it's a serious business. And in his first verse, 
that he writes there in chapter 4, it's a serious charge. I charge thee before God. I mean, that shows the authority of which Paul is writing. He's not saying, Timothy, do this for me. No. He's saying, the Lord Jesus Christ, you have an authority uh, that's behind you and that's commissioning you to do this. Who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom? Most of you don't have the opportunity to stand behind the pulpit and preach. Some have the opportunity to uh, teach in Sunday school classes and different things. But it is a sobering thing to stand behind the pulpit. It's a sobering thing to stand up in bus meeting like we get to do every week and get to expound on truths from Scripture. Why? Because God's going to judge the quick and the dead at his appearing. There is going to be an accountability. Not only the authority is from Christ, but the accountability is from him also. And what a fitting person to come from, the person whose word this is. And so there is a... There is some accountability that's, that's on this. As we enter into these five to six different things that, Timothy, uh, that uh, Paul writes to Timothy here, and we see how serious business it is, but what is so serious about it? Well, let's look at the first thing. Preach the word, verse 2. Preach the word. What is preaching? We often hear about what preaching is, but preaching means to herald, to proclaim openly, to publish. There's maybe some few other definitions that we could throw out there, but used primarily for declaring a religious message, but also it's used in other ways. I had a basketball coach, and the way we would describe our basketball coach is like this. He preached defense. You guys know what that means, right? He preached defense. That means he heralded it. He declared it. That's what his, his work was all about. He wanted, you know, uh, the best offense is a good defense, absolutely. And his entire job was trying to push us to be good defensive players, and that's something that he preached. Uh, 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 sometimes on the news, we come across uh, secular even news networks who says, oh, you know, this, this individual is preaching this message. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to do with religious things, but really we can base that word going back to religious organizations and Christians who are declaring the word of God. We are to preach the word of God passionately, to herald it. It's not something that's casual. It's something that's taken with all seriousness. We ought to preach the word. There's a world out there who needs the word of God, who is hungering for the word of God. There are people out there who are wanting to know the truth, who are looking for individuals like you and me. And this is not just only for the preacher. This is for every person in here because all of you are preachers. You're not all pastors, but all of you in here are preachers going out and declaring and herald, heralding the word of God. By the way, to preach the word, it makes sense that you must know the word. How fitting is it that pastors and preachers ought to be in the word? So many, they don't, they don't have any time for study. They don't spend any time in the Word. They come to their sermons and there's no depth. It's shallow. It's empty. How do I know that? I hear preaching and I listen to quite a few sermons. I like to listen to them when I'm driving in my car. And there's quite a few, quite a few that are just, there's nothing there. 
Why? They haven't spent any time in it. I know I've mentioned this to you before, and I'm not just trying to brag on Pastor Bill, but Pastor Bill spends two and a half days a week studying the Word. Everybody ought to say, amen, that's wonderful. Two and a half days a week studying the Word. That's not normal. That's not what normal preachers are doing. They're hitting it a little bit here, hitting it a little bit there, not spending any real time in God's Word. We come to Acts chapter 6. I referenced it briefly in Sunday school today about seven men who were elected to uh, do some work around the church and help widows. Why did they do that? So that the preachers could spend time in God's word and they, they wouldn't be distracted by those other things. Because there were people who were coming to the meetings who needed the truth from God's word. People who were starving. And there's people and Christians all across America. There's Christians all across our community here that attend churches week after week, and they are starving to death. This time of year, when everybody goes north, it's the time that my phone starts ringing, and I get people say, Chris, Chris, please, uh, I, I heard you have a little database of churches that are good, solid, you know, fundamental Bible-preaching churches. And they say, can you look? can you look some up in my area and send them to me because I'm having trouble finding a church. I'm starving to death over here. And I said, well, just come on back to Southwest Florida. <laughs> but I'm not making it up. I mean, this is, this is the real deal. People are starving to death and pastors aren't taking the time to comb through the word of God and come out with any sort of substance for Christians who need to be fed. It's a shame. They spend more time planning events and special gatherings. When I look through, when I was in the youth ministry four and a half years here, one of the things that was con a constant warning whenever I would look at youth curriculum and things would be youth ministers who constantly said, whatever you do, spend the majority of your time in the preparation for your preaching to your teenagers. Because what's, what's the habit to do? What's, what's the thing that you, we, we uh, youth ministers would generally do is say, well, I want to plan a big event because that's what's going to get them here. But then when you, they, you get them here, there's nothing for them spiritually. And so many churches all across our country fall into that same category where they call people in for entertainment, but yet there's nothing when they listen to what's being preached from the pulpit. It's a shame. Isaiah 56, he says, his watchmen, referring to, uh, referring to Israel there, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Whoa. Whoa. I mean, th those are some harsh words to be talking about God's men. Not prepared. Don't know how to deal with the current issues of the day. Why? Because they're spending no time in God's word. Having no personal relationship, personal walk with him. I think about Moses and preachers' faces. They ought to shine like Moses's did. When a preacher enters into the pulpit, the congregation and the people that are sitting under him should know that he has spent some time in the word of God that he has had some time having a one-on-one -on -one meeting with God. Pastor Bill has always told me, ever since I've been here, whatever you do, make your preaching 
number one. Whatever you do, and this is what he says. He says, seek God's face. When you're preparing for a sermon, what do you want to do? Do you want to just start rummaging through the Bible? No, no, no. He says, seek God's face. The people ought to know that the preacher's been in touch with God. Preachers need to stand in the pulpit, as Isaiah said. They need to stand in the pulpit. They need to to declare what's right, what's wrong, the warnings of Scripture. People are dying and going to hell because preachers just want to sit and talk. All they want to talk about is what makes people feel good. That when they leave, oh, okay, that means they'll come back. They don't want to touch sin. They don't want to touch marriages that are falling apart left and right. They don't want to touch divorce. They don't want to touch Christians who are deep in sin. They stay away from it, and they have no courage to preach what the Word of God says. And I think back, I always think of this. I say, what if Paul the Apostle was here, and he got to, we could take him around to different churches around this country and around this community, I wonder what he would say. I wonder what he would say when, when preachers get up into the pulpit, stand on a platform, and they bring no substance, just a bunch of fluff. Preach the word. I'm thankful Gospel Baptist Church preaches the Bible through and through. Isaiah 58, 1 says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sin. And preach the word, by the way, implies, when he says that, preach the word, it implies the entirety of Scripture. There's there's many people out there who preach, but they do not preach the entirety of the Bible. That, to me, is not a true preacher. Because a true preacher, commissioned by God, is going to withhold nothing. They're going to preach the entire, the whole counsel of God, so help us God. 1 Peter 4.11 says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. It ought to be from God himself. Recently, we had a, a member, a friend of gospel, who asked who asked uh, Pastor Bill and I, they said, you know, I'm looking, there's this one preacher I like on the radio, and, you know, is he good? And Pastor Bill said, um, he says, what you got to watch out for, he says, sounds, everything sounds good. Pastor Bill said, what you got to wa- watch out for is not what they say, it's what they don't say. If any preacher's not willing to tell me the hard things in life, I'm going to stay away from them. I'm not going to be involved in them. As you're combing through on your podcast and on on your radio and on your TV, use that as a guide. I mean, if they're not going to touch the hot topics, stay away from them. They're not fit to listen to. I was thinking about uh, uh, Joel Osteen was one of them. Oh, I saw an interview with Joel Osteen, and they were trying to corner him. I mean, they had him. He was just squirming left and right. <laughs> and this was number. This was probably 10 years ago. So if there's anything new that he's come out with since then, I'm not sure. Or if he's changed his stance on that, good for him, which I hope he has. But they were trying to corner him about homosexuality. He didn't want to touch it. He ignored it. He said, oh, uh, yeah. That's not really my ministry. What? Then he's not a a true preacher. No. 
We're going to look here in a minute about some things, uh, some hard things that Paul tells Timothy that he must do. We're going to see how that all figures out. Preachers, they ought to preach the word, not preference, right? Not personal opinion. We all have personal opinion, but this must, it must all be from the pages of Scripture. Ought not to preach politics for the sake of politics because I prefer this candidate over another one. Now, when politics steps over into the realm of right and wrong, which it sure has, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a pastor preaching about politics because Scripture touches every area of life. So many people say, oh, the church should not mention politics whatsoever. That is just absolutely terrible because our Christian worldview is funneled through what? The Word of God. And we're not sitting, we're not going to promote one candidate over uh, over another just for the sake of that. But when it comes down to right and wrong, you betcha true preachers that are fundamental to the Bible are going to preach about politics. Some say, well, you may lose your tax exemption because you're not supposed to talk about politics in a nonprofit or Okay. Some say, well, well, I don't know what we would do if, if we didn't have our tax exempt. I like the tax exempt. It's great. It saves the church of God money. But I think throughout history, in all the ways that God's people have suffered for taking a stand for the word of God, and churches today are worried about their tax-exempt status? I mean, are we serious? People are being burned, we're burned at the stake, and worried about, oh, we won't get our, you know, 6%, 9%. Come on. Come on. Preach the word. And sometimes... That has to do with politics quite a bit. And we're going to tell you straight up and down what's right, what's wrong, according to the Bible. Not preaching programs. So many preachers, they harp on buildings, bucks, budgets. Heard that before. That's a good three-point sermon. That's what it's all about. One day, my wife, recently when we moved here, my wife was at the pool, at the pool, and there was some little um, kids there. <laughs> And somehow they got talking about church, and one of the churches in our area uh, came up, and the little, the little girls that were over there, they said, oh, that church, my mom and dad say, all they talk about is money. <laughs> right. Which is, which is what happens at many places. The church of God ought not to be a place where people come and feel like they're getting fleeced every time they walk through the door as if God's some sort of a beggar and needs our money. One of the phrases we use around here a lot is, you don't have to give, you get to give. You get to be a part of what's going on. And the church is not about us getting some big building or just getting another gym or getting another whatever it is, getting another brand new bus. You, you don't hear Gospel Baptist Church harping on that kind of stuff. God forbid. God forbid. When we talk about money, we actually end up talking about God supplied it more than we harp on bringing it in. That's the kind of talk I like to talk about money. God made it happen. I love when I get to go into the school and somebody donated a chunk of money. I have no idea who they, who they are. 
and I'm thrilled, donated to the scholarship fund we have at the school. That's what I like to talk about money. Woo, somebody donated $50,000 to our scholarship fund so kids who, who uh, families who can't afford a good Christian education can take part in it. Wow, that's what we want to talk about money. We are to preach the word of God. He says next, be instant in season and out of season, which means be at your work, attend to it, take it seriously, understand the urgency of it. And so many preachers are not urgent about the message that they are supposed to be preaching. They don't take their business seriously. They take it real casually. Oh, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Preaching and being a pastor is not an education, is not an occupation. I'm sorry, it's not an occupation. Pastors are not just some hired hand to encourage you throughout the week, and that's not why I'm in it. I mean, I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it because God has called me to be a preacher of the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. And with money, without money, so help me God, that's what I'm going to do. Press on. Pastors today, they quit so easy. I'm tired of seeing missionaries come off the board. I'm not in their shoes, and I don't know everything that they're going through. But I can tell you, a lot of them seem to be soft. God forbid. Be instant, in season. Understand that this is serious business, and there's urgency in it. In season and out of season refers to uh, crops and how at times uh, the harvest is there, and sometimes uh, it's not. But regardless of when it's convenient and when it's not, Preachers ought to preach the word. It's not an eight to five kind of a thing. New preachers today, they make it like that. Oh, I work eight to five. That's not how it goes. Those people won't survive long. Some say they only work on Sundays. Well, maybe. All the time. Preach when people want to hear it and when they don't. I mean, you can be thankful Gospel Baptist Church doesn't consult and go around to people and say, hey, what do you want me to preach on this week? Come on. What, who knows what we would get when we get up here? Telling people what they want to hear. That's the problem with psychology. Most psychology. They just tell you what you want to hear. Oh, it's not your fault. It's your mom and dad's fault. They, they did that. That's all their... No. You're not going to get that here. Instant, in season and out of season. When it's allowed and when it is not allowed. Now, that's something we don't often talk about because it doesn't really touch us ever. Pastor Bill was talking today about politicians and hey, if the, if the wrong people get in there, there is a possibility that some of the things that Gospel Baptist Church preaches about and the Bible talks about could be illegal. Start getting tickets. Start getting summons, summons to court to go over some of these issues. But we are to preach when it's allowed and when it's not allowed. That's a tough thing for some to accept. And we're privileged to live in a free country where preaching is accepted and people are open, but we, there may come a day when it's not. And we ought to prepare for that and preach regardless of if it's allowed or if it's not allowed. Think of what Paul and Timothy dealt with. You think people were just accepting them with open arms? Paul was in a Roman prison cell. They weren't just accepting him for his message. He was in there because of his message. And we've been privileged, but regardless, 
We should be instant in season and out of season. How about this, when you want to and when you don't? (laughs) Paul wanted to preach. In Romans, he writes, I wish I could come to you and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I can't right now. He wanted to. But I'm sure there were times in his life when he didn't want to. You say, well, that doesn't sound real spiritual. That doesn't sound like a, a real preacher. It, that, preachers are normal people just like you. There's days when you're on it, and there's days when you don't always feel like it. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Bill mentioned, he came to me before service, says, you know, I'm just not really feeling it. Not really. But you know what? He got up here, and he preached. Did a good job. He was instant in season and out of season. When he wanted to and when he didn't. Jonah didn't want to. But after some prodding and some pushing, he did. He did. Preach the word when people show up and when they don't show up. Oh, it's easy getting up here. We got a real nice crowd tonight. Glad y'all came. It's easy getting up and preaching to folks like this in a Nice congregation. We got people who are showing up ready and hungry to hear the word of God. Pastor Bill and I, this morning before Sunday school, we're talking about there's people all across the Midwest and these little small churches, these missionaries, and the pastors of those places have spent just as much time as I spent preparing my Sunday school. They spent just as much time as I spent preparing my, this sermon for you folks tonight. They spent just as much time as Pastor Bill spent in his study preparing what he was going to preach this morning and they're going to have hardly anybody show up. Wow. Be instant in season and out of season when people want to hear and when they don't. Next, he says, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Reprove, it means to um, convict, to refute, to convict by bringing to light, to to confront false doctrines, and heresies is what he was referring to. Now, preachers, they don't look forward to reproving. It's not fun to stand up and have to preach against sin, although sometimes you probably think that preachers like doing that, like just whacking on people. That's not really the case. I'd rather preach all the happy things. My own sinful nature, I'd rather preach Joel Osteen. Everyone goes away smiling. I'd rather have everybody happy when they leave, but that's not what God's commissioned me to do. We're commissioned to reprove. Your toes ought to get stepped on when you come to church. When I was in high school, there was a, um, there was a guy, and he always liked going down. There was this church in Malvern. It was called Gospel Light Baptist Church in Malvern. Malvern, Arkansas. It was probably about 50 minutes away from uh, where we were at, but he said, I always love that. I think the pastor's name was uh, Horton, Horton, John Horton or something like that, but uh, phenomenal preacher. And he says, I love going down there and hearing Pastor Horton preach because every time he just, it's like he comes down out of the pulpit. He gets down there and it's almost like he just stomps right on my toes in the pew. He says, I love that. And you know, that's kind of a strange thing to say, but for Christians who are desiring to hear truth from God's word and desiring to know and to look into the word of God like a mirror and show us what's right and what's wrong, that is a great thing. When you ought to come to church, you ought to get reproved a little bit. You ought to get rebuked a little bit. It means to admonish, to charge sharply, to call, simply put, to call out on the carpet. 
rebuke all sinners, all that live in ill life is what one commentator's one commentator said. Reprove, what we just looked at, is a pretty generic thing. Seems to give the idea, and most uh, theologians would say that it's more of a general thing. When it comes to rebuke, that is more personal. That's getting down to the nitty-gritty. That's where the rubber meets the road. When you're telling people that is right and that is wrong, that's good to do and that's not good to do. Most pastors won't rebuke people. Why? Because they're afraid they're going to hit the door and take off. If you've been around here long enough, you know Gospel Baptist Church isn't worried about that. People come, people go. But but by God's grace, we're not going to hold back one lick on rebuking sin when it comes. Many pastors, they know members are in sin. They know couples are going through horrible divorces and uh, even to the place where they're, you know, there couldn't ever even be a claim of justification in it whatsoever. And they just go along with it. God forbid, God forbid people come in and they leave the same way they came. Shouldn't be the place of God's house. Preachers, those types of preachers are just enabling people to sin. Provide an avenue for them to do it and feel comfortable doing it. If you're looking for a church, the people who are listening online, we have quite quite uh, a good amount of folks who listen online. If you're listening online, you're looking for a good church. You folks that are going up north to look for a good church, and a church that's been well-established for a long time, you ought to ask the pastor, have you ever performed church discipline on somebody? If they say no, we've never done that, probably not the church for you. Read throughout the scriptures. Read the church at Corinth, what they went through. It's a common thing. People, Anywhere you go, there's people that are that reject the truth and don't want to be a part, but so many churches are afraid to touch that button. God help us. God help us. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Oh, oh, I got to read you this quote. I got to read you this quote about rebuke. I, I just like Spurgeon. Before we move on, Spurgeon said, he said, little is that ministry that never chides you If God never used his minister as a rod, depend on it. He will never use him as a pot of manna. For the rod of Aaron and the pot of manna always go together. And he who is God's true servant will be both to your soul. What a good quote. Moving on to exhorting. Means to encourage, to uplift, to build up. And God's house should not only be a place where people are reproved of their sin, they're rebuked for their wrongdoing, but they should also be exhorted. They should be encouraged and they should be built up. And people, when they leave here, if they've done business with God, they should leave here more encouraged than when they came in. The world out there is a rough place. People come here for solitude. We come here to build each other up, to exhort one another. The world can be rough. The jobs that some of you work, you work with people that are not saved individuals, people that are rough around the edges, people that oppose who you are and what you believe. And coming to a church like this one encourages us and builds us up together and makes us strong so when you head out to that job, 
not tomorrow on Labor Day, but the next day on Tuesday. You're going to be strong. You're going to be ready for what lies ahead. And also why we have so many meetings that we have. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. But here's the encouraging part, the exhorting part. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Our sin is, yes, it's discouraging when we're reproved and when we're rebuked. But I'm encouraged that Jesus Christ has paid for my sin. And by repenting of it, confessing, I can have fellowship with God. And that is so encouraging. People need to be built up, not just put down. And lastly, he says, with all long suffering and doctrine. Long suffering is patiently, with care. Fundamental churches, we like the repro- reproving and we like the rebuking. And uh, we do some exhorting, yes. Uh, but, you know, we can, fundamental churches often have the, uh, they have the stereotype of being real hard. We have trouble with the long-suffering thing sometimes. When new Christians come through our church, we ought to treat them with care. They're babies. They are babies. Please don't jump all over them. We've seen them come through time and time again. They don't look quite the same. They look a little different. They they talk a little different. They act a little different. But they come along. I mean, you wouldn't take a baby... I I get a kick out of that. You get a little baby that just comes home from the hospital and the dad takes a football and places it in the crib. I mean, I know you love football, dad. The kid's not going to be able to use that for a long time. And so often we have little baby Christians who end up getting burnt out because we're trying to require more of them than they're ready to handle. They're still on the milk stage. So we deal with those things with long-suffering with patience. And when there is time for rebuke, we do it with care, with long-suffering, coming alongside individuals, with doctrine, which in this instance, it means teaching. A lot of preachers just up preaching fluff. They're not equipping their, their folks for real living. They're not equipping their people to go and to do battle with the world week after week after week. Teach the Bible. The whole council, Pastor Bill has a, has, how many you got? 30, how many categories you got? 23? 32 categories. 32 categories that he summarizes all of his sermons in. You may not know that, but he's got 32 categories. Why, why does he do that? So he can tell if he's preaching the whole council of God or not. If you folks are getting a well-rounded meal from the word of God, It's a beautiful thing. Teach the Bible. We make it a point here at Gospel Baptist Church to emphasize on teaching in the Sunday school hour and teaching in the Wednesday night Bible study hour because it is vitally important. Vitally important. How can this message be applied to Gospel Baptist Church? Because by God's grace, we continue on this path. How can we apply it? First of all, we can be thankful for the stance that Gospel Baptist Church has had all these years and the men that have led this church, and the good, solid deacon board that we have, and good Christian men that we have that are leading this church. We can be thankful for that. We can be thankful for a preacher that spends time in the Word of God. Preaching can be lonely. Feel like you're all by yourself. Thank your preacher for the time that he spends in God's Word. Encourage him when you can encourage him. Thank him for stepping on your toes and repro- repro- reproving you. 
and rebuking you when you needed it. It's like a fitness coach pushing you to do more than what you thought you could do. And when you come out at the end, you're strong and you're fit. Thank the men of God that invest in your life and preach the word. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the time that we spent in your word. Um, we're humbled. <clears throat> we're humbled by the fact that we get to open it, we get to partake in it. Uh, humbled that I get to preach it. We're thankful for Gospel Baptist Church all these years um, who has taken a stance in our community for the word of God uh, and has not wavered, has not tried to coddle, uh, coddle folks, but has told the truth in every way that is possible. And God, I'd ask that you'd help me over the years. As Lord willing, I got many more years to preach that I would stay faithful and true to God's word. I wouldn't get off on pe preaching my opinions and my preferences or that I wouldn't be afraid to preach the truth when the truth is needed the most. People out there are dying. They need a Savior. We've got the truth. May we not water it down for anyone. May we be instant, in season and out of season. So help us, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.